0: I haven't really had any serious mental health issues in my life. I know enough to say that all I was doing on Instagram was comparing myself to other people and comparing my life to other people. I love my life and I'm proud of my accomplishments and where I'm at. But Instagram just made me feel like I wasn't doing enough and I wasn't doing the right things.
1: Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love & Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. Welcome to Love & Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril, and with me today is Callie Connor. You all know Callie's mom, Miriam. She's appeared on the podcast several times, and she listened to my first episode with Elliot about phone usage and how it impacts our relationships. And then Miriam and I followed up with an episode about. The phone usage and technoference and fubbing and how it impacts our friendships. And Miriam shared those episodes with Callie and mentioned that Callie thought there's something to say for the Gen Zers out there because they have grown up with these devices and really don't know a life without them. And Miriam and I were talking about will social norms change? Will it become acceptable to just fub your friends, stick your phone right in their face in the middle of the conversation? And if so, what will that do to human connection as we understand it? So I thought it was would be prudent to hear from the younger generation and to hear what these digital natives have to say about phone usage and its impact on relationships. So Callie, thank you for being willing to share your thoughts on this topic.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I loved the last episodes and I was listening and I was just like thinking of my friends, my age, and some dating thoughts came to mind. So yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. But yeah, let's start with what you just
1: shared. Like what came to mind when you were listening to that? Because again, our generation would be concerned that the potential for that deep, intimate connection with friends, family, and certainly romantic partners would be something that would be very difficult to have with your generation through no fault of your own, but just through the reality of these pervasive and this all-encompassing technoference that's always there in your back pocket or in your
0: purse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my the main thing that came to my head was with dating. This is my own thoughts, but I also was watching a Matt Walsh video once and he was just talking about having too many options and that like translates into the phone category because why would you need to pick one person when you can be texting Five, you don't have to pick. The phone and social media and dating apps have all made it so that you don't have to commit to one person. And it's become socially acceptable not to like as well. That comes to mind, I think, mostly because it has become like a single person app. Like whenever my friends get in relationships, they're like, all right, I'm only Snapchatting the girls because that's what you do when you're single. You can Snapchat 10 guys at the same time and you don't have to pick one. That was my initial gut thought. I was just like, wow, this is so true with dating.
1: Yeah, let's keep going with that theme because... I think that is a huge concern that I've heard from a lot of the women in my community. They feel like the apps mm-hmm. and the Snap, but certainly you know a lot more about Snapchat than I do. But the apps also provide you with, you had a really nice date with someone and you they checked all these boxes go home and then get on the app and maybe you're a couple swipes away from someone who's just a little bit better, a little bit cuter, a little bit smarter, a little bit funnier. So do we ever have the discipline to focus in and give someone even a chance Mm -hmm. to see if they're our person?
0: Exactly. That's, that is the issue with dating apps and with just even any communicating like Instagram, you're always going to be able to find something better. The grass is always greener. Like you're talking to a girl and she's pretty and she's awesome. But then you get to scroll down and the next girl is even prettier and like even more awesome. When there's endless options and you don't have to choose from the endless options, why would you? And that's exactly what's happening with my generation. Yeah. And I see
1: it with my nieces who you know very well and love. And I see that they are experiencing some of these same frustrations. And I'm also seeing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from my standpoint, I'm seeing that the dating culture on college campuses is dramatically different than when your mom and I were at Judson, where there's not that proper dating hey, let's go on a date. And after a couple of dates, we decided to be exclusive and now we have a boyfriend-girlfriend. There's so much more of this group getting together, which is great. I don't think anyone Mm -hmm. should rush into anything. But at the same time, I'm wondering if it's exactly what you're speaking to. We aren't having proper dating, typical quote unquote, to use an old school term, courtship, because there's so many options and no one wants to get locked into something when they could, again, be a couple swipes away from someone better.
0: And I think that, it's created a different way to even approach someone. I had a friend in my room today, and she was telling me about this new guy that she's, like, seeing. And I asked her how they met, and she said that she saw him in the library. He saw her. They didn't really talk or anything, but then like, the next night he added her on Snapchat, and they started <laughs> Snapchatting. And I, like, I'm guilty of it. I'm not saying I don't Snapchat boys, but, okay. That's <laughs> how you met. Okay. I don't know. I just... Because that's the thing. He didn't have to go up to her. Right. Because there was 10 other options of a non-verbal and non-in-person way to approach her. And it worked. So, <laughs> why would he?
1: But you could say... I would like him to have the social skills and ability and the courage to, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say an unpopular opinion, but man up and go approach a woman Mm -hmm. like a man. But then to your
0: point, he didn't have to, and it worked because now they're talking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just think on a college campus, especially a small Christian college campus, it's just the dating culture is there's one option of guys that are we're going to get married tomorrow. And then there's one option that's I'm going to talk to you and 20 other girls on my phone. And that really is there like so many guys fall into one or the other. And there's very few that are actually like genuinely in the middle is like something I found. And I'm not saying you don't have good guy friends. What, but would I date them? <laughs> Probably
1: not. Guy friends are a wonderful thing. But yeah just because they're friends with a guy doesn't mean that's someone Mm -hmm. that you are romantically attracted to in any way, shape or form. So to have that great group of guy friends, I think is wonderful, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to translate into a romantic partnership, nor should it. Yes. I'd love to connect with you via my weekly newsletter. Joining the love and life email list ensures you're the first to know everything going on in the love and life family. You'll receive insider perk pricing for consultations and events and It's the best way to keep in touch when I do what the research suggests is very healthy and take breaks from social media. Subscribe on my website, loveandlifemedia.com. And as a bonus, you'll get my free Empowered Dating Playbook. So how does it feel for you? Like when you hear your mom and I talk about days gone by, Mm -hmm. does it seem like, wow, I wonder what that would even be like, just because like you're saying, technology has infiltrated the dating experience. Yeah. To such a profound degree. Does it feel like, do you look like that Look like at that and go, man, I wish the technology hadn't in a sense polarized these guys. So you've got the one end where they're wanting to get married tomorrow, which <laughs> no, and then the <laughs> one end that wants to be a player, a text search, snap 20 yeah. different women. Do you see technology as being a part of it or you're not even sure or just? either which way. What's your thought on
0: that? I genuinely do wish that phones didn't exist now. And I think a lot of technology is great. I love having my computer to do all my schoolwork and stuff. As far as dating goes, I wish that it was how it was when you and my mom were in college, because I feel like it was more special to date someone then. Because They had to go like actually out of their way. You would know when they were being sincere. Now you don't know because like I said, it's so easy to text someone. So that's like minimal effort. And who else are they texting? Like when you guys were in college, it would be very apparent who was playing multiple women because you can't hide it if it's in person. (laughs) Right. But now you have no idea. And it's hard to tell whether guys are like actually interested in you or if you're just one of those people on their phone because they don't have to go out of their way in person. It's not really special to talk to them because you can do it 24-7 on the phone. I just feel like it's taken sort of the fun out of At least I'm talking about like a Christian dating perspective, a courtship of getting to know someone. You could just text them all the time and then seeing them isn't that special because you were just texting for two hours. I don't know.
1: I think you're coming from the Christian perspective, but I think anyone, Mm -hmm. many women that I interact with feel this way. It feels like it waters down everything. Nothing feels that for a woman who wants to be pursued. And that is just, that's just the way God designed us. And there's science to back that up. It doesn't feel like you're being pursued. It feels like a very watered down version of pursuit because it just took no Mm -hmm. effort. And he may be pursuing you through chat, through Snap rather, or through Mm -hmm. texting, but he could be pursuing plenty Mm -hmm. of other women at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that feeling of, wow, I'm feeling special right now because he picked me to pursue and I think that's something that all women, many women, I shouldn't speak for all women, but I definitely will speak for many women. And I think oftentimes women have, sadly, like women who say, oh, I don't care about that. It doesn't matter. I'm driven too. And I don't care if a guy pursues me because I'm empowered mm-hmm. and all this and that. I think t- sometimes women have changed what they say they want in order because they don't know that what they dearly and desperately want is even available to them anymore because I men agree. aren't behaving in that manner.
0: I agree with that for sure. If you have just a few seconds
1: to help me out, I would so appreciate it. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review that helps others find the program and join the Love & Life family. So fun fact, we just had to take a quick break because Callie's, what was blowing up? Some notification of some sort? (laughs) It was
0: a group chat of girls. Let's talk about girls
1: and technology because clearly your girls were interfering with your life right now. (laughs) So how do you see this playing out with your friendship?
0: I think it's like the phone is always at any hangout. Everyone's phone is on the table. It's right next to them in their hand. And it's not weird at all, nor uncommon, to just pick it up, check it, look at it in the middle of a conversation. And it's not even really, I don't even think it's rude because it's so normal. I have a friend who does it to me a lot in like the worst times. And I have to like stop what I'm saying and wait because she's not going to hear it. And I will say I'm definitely guilty of picking it up, but I try to pick the lulls or we're not talking. I think it's rude to pick it up in the middle of somebody actually talking, but it's become so normal that not everyone feels that way.
1: That's why I was going to ask you. I think You think it's rude because your parents have (laughs) taught you the manners, social etiquette. But I wonder, yeah. So I'm wondering if others would not think it was rude and would think you were a little weird for having a problem with it.
0: I think so. It's just become so normalized. And I think that it definitely does have a lot to do with my parents and like my attachment with my phone. I wasn't allowed to have my phone in my room overnight until my senior year of high school. I definitely was a little too obsessed with my phone in high school, but at the end of the night, like that was it though. So I don't know, that probably played into it a lot. And we never were allowed to have phones at the dinner table, not even on the table. They are out of the room. And I appreciate that now because I think it has made me more conscious of when I'm spending time with people, I'm spending time with them, not my phone. But I don't think everyone's family was like that. No, I don't think. I know everyone's family wasn't like (laughs) that. And so that definitely plays into it for sure. I want to get your take
1: on this. I was doing a little research. I heard recently of this growing movement in Gen Z. And they are starting, and a high school in New York started what is called a Luddite club. And a Luddite is someone who's anti-technology, comes from some English man mm-hmm. back in like the 18, 1700s, who. I don't think he liked the loom. <laughs> like he was like anti-technology when technology wasn't really technology. But yeah, so there's this growing movement and some of the statistics associated with it, that the average Gen Zer spends four or more hours a day on social media, which I thought was actually probably low. There's probably a I lot of Gen so. Z, don't you think? But it was really interesting that this group, like I said, of high school students in New York and they get together and they do things that used to be very normal, like getting together in a park, no phones allowed. In fact, many of them wish they didn't even have a phone, but I don't think parents would let a kid be without a phone nowadays because it's Mm -hmm. become such a a safety feature for the parents to feel like they know where the kids are. But yeah, the Luddite Club in Brooklyn was the first group of high schoolers, but similar clubs are being found throughout the nation. Now, what do you think of that?
0: Do you think it's going to take off? I definitely do not think it's going to take (laughs) off. I think it's really hard to be anti all technology because you can hate your phone, but then you go to watch Netflix and you're like, oh crap, this is also technology. And I just think it's just so saturated into my generation and just the current culture. I don't see how those types of like clubs or movements could overtake the obsession that there is right
1: now. Yeah. And they talked about a growing flip phone movement, which kind of satisfies somewhere in between. The parents can know that they can access their kid if they need to, mm-hmm. but the flip phone allows you to text, albeit right. very <laughs> It's with difficulty, yes. (laughs) but then you could maybe have that access to communication, but then also not be tempted to just pull out your phone to mindlessly scroll just to kill 10 minutes while you're waiting for your dentist appointment. I don't know. There could, and then, yeah, you still watch your Netflix when you want to sit down for some dedicated binge watching time, (laughs) but yeah, but it would, keep things more compartmentalized than they are now.
0: Yeah. I actually have a friend here at college who he has a flip phone. I'll be honest. I definitely judged him at first. And I was like, (laughs) that is so weird. I cannot believe he has a flip phone. And that was also when I didn't really know him. So we became better friends and I really respect him for it now. And so at Grove City, Our main like communication system is called Telegram. And it's just what's easiest because again, not if everyone has the same kind of phone. So basically everything is communicated through Telegram. Any groups, any organizations that you're involved in here, like it's all Telegram. So you basically can't not have Telegram and go here. But you can still get Telegram on your laptop, even if you don't have a phone. So he uses his flip phone and then he has telegram on his computer. So he's not out of the loop on anything. Like he's in all of his group chats. He's still communicating with everyone, but he has a flip phone and I definitely respect him for it. And I don't think it's weird anymore. Like I used to. (laughs) A very honest assessment of your journey
1: to understanding what his his motivation was. (laughs) Now, is he real he just live his life or is he one that's going to tell you? I'm going to tell you why I have this flip phone. No,
0: he doesn't. <laughs> like you have to be good friends with him to know about it. Okay. Which I also respect because it's mm-hmm. not in an annoying, I don't have a phone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I <didn't, laughs> like I didn't know until I was put like on a, we're on a leadership team together. And like we actually started to become friends is when I found out. I didn't know just because it's common knowledge.
1: He's just living his life and letting he people he
0: un- He's unbothered. <laughs>
1: I love that. Yeah. That, like, a strong sense of self.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Our satisfaction and joy in life is directly related to our satisfaction and joy in our relationships. Elliot and I are here to help. We'd love to design a workshop, seminar, or weekend retreat for your organization. We'll bring the psych research, of course, along with over 60 years of combined experience in psychotherapy. We'll share science-based therapeutic techniques within the context of a Christian worldview. We can level up in our relationships. Contact our producer, Tim May, at tim at loveandlifemedia.com to book us. Callie, one more topic I want to address with you is something that we're seeing in the psychology world and psychotherapy world, that Gen Z struggles with mental health
0: Mm -hmm.
1: more than other generations. And certainly there's a lot of factors to that. One I'll say off the top is that I, as a psychologist, think that there's what we call a lot of diagnostic inflation, Mm. meaning that every emotion we experience has been pathologized. So you are the first generation that's been told every time you're nervous that you have anxiety, for example, or every time you're grieving the Mm -hmm. passing of a grandmother, for example, that you have depression. So I think Mm -hmm. that's one factor to consider. But we can't exclude from the conversation the social media, Mm -hmm. the filters, the fact that people go on social media and, feel worse when they leave the mm-hmm. scrolling and then and, and you have yes. to then look at what's my motivation for going on just to mindlessly scroll just to kill a couple of minutes. If I kill a couple of minutes cause I don't want to be bored. Okay. That's one thing. But if I kill a couple of minutes and feel worse about myself when I'm done, that's mm-hmm. something to consider. What are your thoughts about mental health and Gen Z as it relates to technology?
0: I was very obsessed with Instagram in high school. I had the same Instagram for a long time And this isn't an attack on Instagram. This is my personal experience with Instagram. And I just, it was like, it was, to me, it was like perfect. I had the number of followers that I thought was great. And my feed looked good. And I had all my highlights, like everything. And I sunk a lot of time into it. And I was like, this is important. And people are going to see this. And I need it to be this way. And I didn't realize that it was that, that was an issue until later down the road, which caused me to delete it. And then I was like, okay, I can actually just get it back and have like a l- more smaller, like low-key Instagram that I won't care about as much because it won't have like all this, sounds stupid, but hard work. And, and so I did. I got another one and it was way more low-key, like a lot less followers, a lot less posts. And it was still negatively affecting me. And so it was just like, oh, okay, like, it's not really how much I care about it. It's just what's on it. And I haven't really had any serious mental health issues in my life. I know enough to say that All I was doing on Instagram was comparing myself to other people and comparing my life to other people. I love my life and I'm proud of my accomplishments and where I'm at, but Instagram just made me feel like I wasn't doing enough and I wasn't doing the right things. That's my experience with Instagram. So I don't have Instagram anymore. I deleted it. But mental health and social media in my generation, I have seen like a definite direct correlation. I think you just you even see these articles of like suicides over social media and cyberbullying and it's just crazy to me how something like that has such a dark grip on some people
1: that's really well put a dark grip and even someone like you who has grown up with two parents who are crazy about you and just a lot of a firm foundation in building into you and who you are and knowing that God loves you, you could see that this presenting yourself in the perfect grid and Mm -hmm. the perfect activities and you liked how it looked, Mm -hmm. but then you realize this has a huge hold on me. Like, why does Mm -hmm. this matter? And, And it struck me as you were talking it's almost like you had to have some brand, like your personal brand. And here yep. you were in high school. What do you need a brand for? Exactly. But everyone was doing it. And so you just- Yeah. And, and it, you wasn't were,
0: even, it wasn't even about boys for me. It was about everyone. Like okay. I wanted, I did. I wanted boys to think I was pretty from my Instagram. <laughs> Don't of get course. me wrong. <laughs> it was for sure, sure about boys. <laughs> but- It was just as much about girls. I was like, I want girls to think I'm cool. I want girls to think I'm like pretty and that I have a lot of friends. It was definitely about impressing boys, but it was just as much about, I need to be on par with XYZ girls, which is again, super unhealthy.
1: Yeah, kind of, yeah, XYZ girls and whether Mm -hmm. it's different cliques in schools and and so forth. Mm -hmm. I think it's very common. and, And even women in our generation will talk about so often we put on a cute outfit, and we're like, "Yeah, we hope that the guys think it's cute, but we're also right. trying to <laughs> we're trying to impress
0: the girlfriends too." Just the girls. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, and again, and technology just takes those common kind of struggles that we all want to be mindful of, and we want to mm-hmm. make sure we're in check. And we want to ask ourselves those questions. Why is this important to me? Mm -hmm. Is this a value I really want to ascribe to? I really want to live according to this value. But with the technology and the social media, it just makes all those challenges, I think, that much harder.
0: I completely agree.
1: Yeah. Callie, I want to thank you so much for your time today. You have really provided a lot of insight for the millennials and the Gen Xers. And uh, boomers who are listening, <laughs> I'm sure Gen Z is right with you. But the other generations, it's really good for us to have that window into each other's experience. And, and you mentioned it earlier that there's just these changes that happen. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we want to be mindful of. And I think this your conversation will be really helpful for any of the parents out there mm-hmm. who are struggling to understand their gen z relationship to technology so just really appreciate your time today and your thoughts thanks for sharing Yeah,
0: thank you so much i had a great time and yeah i hope that this was helpful to anyone who may be listening of any age thank you
1: the love and life hack for this week is maybe it's time for a flip phone Thank you, as always, for sharing a portion of your day with us. It means so much, and we're very grateful to have you as part of the Love & Life family. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson April, and until next time, make it a great week.